Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor with a group practice here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I specialize in women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll talk about womanhood, motherhood, and a little bit of everything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. Hello, this is Rose Horton. I am the founder and CEO of Antonian Grace. We are a company that provides nurse navigators, doulas, and lactation consultants for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. This company was created because the BIPOC community does not feel listened to or heard in healthcare. It is also important to call out that we are three to four times more likely to die in childbirth. Visit us at AntoniaAndGrace.com to see how we support sacred and joyful births. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast. And today I am joined by something different than what we've had in our previous episodes. And that is a cisgendered male. Hi, Shadu. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I, of course, I know you and have known you for years, but tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so let's see about me. Um, uh, people affectionately call me Do. Um, so Do R.A., uh, originally from Nigeria. My family immigrated here to the States uh, when I was like two. So um, been living in the States uh, 30-something plus years now. Uh, married to my college sweetheart. Mm. Uh, we have two adorable little children. Uh, I, am, uh, I work in tech, specifically in support operations. Uh, and then outside of that, I'm just like a, I'm like a nerd. I'm a family man. Um, I, uh, I'm also, uh, I do some writing as well too mm-hmm. on the side. So yeah, that's, that's me in a, in a nutshell. Awesome. Okay. So I had Shadu on the show because I wanted to, um, talk about black fatherhood with him, talk about a couple of statistics and about his own journey and his perspective on some things. Um, so with you being uh, Nigerian-American um, and you are one of three brothers, um, right. your parents had three sons, um, how, how was your um, raising um, being in America? Because you were born here? I was born in Nigeria. You were born in Nigeria. You're just like David. You were born in Nigeria and you came here when you were how old? I was, I was two when we immigrated. Ah, okay. So yeah. what was it like growing up um, with three brothers? Um, it was interesting because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to be I had to be the example, uh, had to lead by example. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of at least I feel like there's a lot of pressure on my shoulders, like being the oldest your parents are uh, essentially grew up in a whole nother country. Mm-hmm. So they had to kind of uh, assimilate in some ways, uh, not assimilate in other ways. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think it, it was a little bit of a little bit of pressure in the sense where I'm like, OK, how do I navigate these waters? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a black man. Um, culturally, I'm both I feel like I'm both Nigerian. I'm, I'm American as well too and i have these two younger brothers who are looking up to me for for some type of guidance mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean i think for me it was a little bit of a pre- it was a little bit of pressure but 
I, I think I have some some great parents. Um, you know, I grew up with both mother and father, uh, who at least in my eyes are stereotypical Nigerian parents. <laughs> so, and, and anything that you can imagine, what uh, growing up with Nigerian parents, uh, that was my life. I, I, I feel, but you know, my, my my parents are chill. We had our ups and downs, you know, at least in my in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. So there's that uh, teenage angst you know, with me, especially. And then, uh, my father just bumping heads mm. a lot, but, uh, we're, we're super cool now. Um, and funny enough is that I see so much of myself as a father now mm. as how my dad was, uh, when I was, when he was probably my age. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And I, and I find myself repeating a lot of the things that he says, <laughs> a lot of the things that he does. And it's kind of like, Oh wow. I'm like really becoming my dad. But in a sense, though, um, I wanted to take a lot of good things that uh, my parents raised us with and then expound on those. And then some of the things that I felt kind of like, eh, not so good. Let me do something else as a parent. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been I've been doing that. And um, I, I kind of I think I judge myself very harshly mm-hmm. a lot of times because I'm like, Am I am I doing you know right by my kids? Am I am I doing the best? And um, I read some, some something we we're saying that uh, you know if you're a good parent if you're questioning your parenting. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. The fact that uh, somebody said something is if because I, I used to buy all these parenting books back in the day, and it's like the fact that you even bought a parenting yeah, book yep. means that you're, <laughs> you're you're a pretty good parent, even if you didn't read it. The fact that you said, right. you know what, let me take we the tried. time and, and purchase this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have clients sometimes that'll say that they're very intentional about not being like their parents or doing something very different than what their parents did specifically. Um, and they'll read books or they'll say like, oh, I don't want to. Um, hinder my child's voice. I want them to be able to feel like they're being heard. And I'm just so fearful that I'll be just like my mother because she didn't let me have a voice. And I'll always say, well, just leading with intention is being different because your parent didn't do that at all. Like they just were just being their natural selves. And a lot of the times, like for all of us, like being parents, there's no specific blueprint or book of how to parent your specific child and you just right. wing it and you just do the best that you can and, and hope for the best. But leading with intention is is the best thing that you can do if in any case, anyway. Agreed, agreed. Um, so okay, so being that you have a pretty traditional family, so to speak, did you always know for sure you were gonna have children? Oh yes. Um, since I was a child. Really? I knew that. Uh, yeah, I knew that. I, I wanted to be a dad. I wanted to be married. Uh, I wanted to have, uh, you know, the, the traditional family. I wanted all that when I was younger. Um, to the point where I was like, I knew exactly like how many kids that I wanted. Ooh. I wanted four, four children, four. two boys, two girls. Um, and yeah. And so my wife and I, we got married. We talked about children. She was kind of like on the fence. I was fully for it. And so, you know, we, we had our first child. Um, we had a daughter. Um, and then, like, she was about three years old. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I was like, well, one kid is enough. One kid is enough. And um, a year and a half later, uh, we were surprised by her little brother. Uh, so we had a son uh, right after her. And uh, he's, he's been, I mean, they've both been a blessing. 
And so, but yeah, uh, I we're we're done. At least I feel like we're done. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, two two beautiful children, uh, one of each gender, gender of course. And uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. So I've I've always wanted to be a family man. Uh, this, at least for me, this is like I'm like living out my dreams right now. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of folks feel like they want to be somewhere career wise. They want to be somewhere fi- financial wise. Like I, I wanted all those things, but essentially like being a family man, um, having a, um, just a, a really amazing partner um, and having some, having some children that hopefully like with how I'm guiding them and mentoring them, they can do some amazing things. Wow. What, what was it? Like, what was it within your childhood that made you say, I want to have four kids, picket fence, wife? Like, was it your own parents and how, you know, they had three sons that was pressed upon you? Or what was it about that life that seemed appealing? Yeah, I think I think it was it was it was all of that. It was, you know, the fact that um, I just really felt like my parents came to this country and made something out of nothing. Um, And but most importantly, they did it together. Um, and so, you know, that, that partnership that, um, that they've built with each other, which is something great to see. And so like, it was just something I've just saw all throughout my life. Um, all of my parents, friends, um, you know, the small, uh, well, not small, cause I was going to say small community of Nigerians. Nigerians are, 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 are a pretty large community mm-hmm. in Atlanta. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. uh, seeing, seeing all of them and their families, but also too, at the same time, not necessarily seeing like the negative aspects mm. of it, you know. So I think I was, I was sheltered in 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 that aspect. Um, but yeah, like all of that was just appealing to me, and just the fact that um, I think, like I said, going back to the whole teenage years, whereas like I'll show you, mom and dad, <laughs> when, when I become when I become a parent, I'm gonna be an, I'm gonna be an amazing dad, and, you know. And it's like it all comes full circle. It's like oh, I'm kind of liked him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Now, how old were you when you had your daughter? Yeah, uh, I was 27. Um, so uh, we got married uh, essentially 10 months prior to that. <laughs> so I think she was she was definitely a, a honeymoon baby. So yeah, we ran at 26, uh, had our first child at 27. And then our second kid was when I was 32. Did you feel ready for your first? Uh, yes. Yeah. I felt ready for our first, um, funny enough, you know, we, um, we lived together as a couple right before we got married. Um, and then we, we, we bought our first home, uh, probably about six months prior to we got married. And, you know, one of the stipulations for me was like, Hey, we have to have a front yard and a backyard. You know, I, I, I want children. I want them to be, uh, comfortable, be able to play, um, not have to travel anywhere necessarily uh, if they didn't want to can you know just kind of play around the vicinity of our home uh, so yeah I think just from a financial aspect housing aspect definitely ready for the first mm. um the second no. <laughs> yeah the second was a, a little interesting because um you know like I said uh he was a he was a surprise um but you know still still a blessing um and I I was, I think I had everything ready. So financially I was ready. Um, I just mentally, I just don't think I was there at the time. Um, And I think I was living 
in a sense from scarcity and not from abundance, mm. not necessarily realizing like how much privilege I had. And so in my mind, I was just like, I'm having a second kid. Um, how am I going to be able to pay for uh, two daycares and this and this? And it was like, dude, why do you have so much anxiety mm. over this? Like sit down, look at your budget, uh, talk to your tribe. I mean, I have a, a amazing family and friends, you and your husband included, mm-hmm. you know, my brothers, my in-laws, my parents. And it's like, if, if we need help, we, we can get help. Yeah. And, you know, for, fortunately enough, we were, we were okay, but you know, it was just one of those things, just like as, as a man, you, uh, uh, assist, cisgendered man, as you said yeah. earlier, you know, it's, it's, it's this sort of ego that you have and this just, um, like you, you, you put these, um, undue pressures on yourself that mm. like, I just have to provide, I have to do all these things. And it's just like, no, I mean, dude, I was, I was already doing that. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Right. Okay. So you bring up a good point. Um, oftentimes, especially for black fathers, um, that adjustment period to becoming a parent isn't something that's often spoken about. And not to say that you had this, but just for statistics purposes, um, if a woman has postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, there's a 50% chance that her partner will experience the same thing and it will look different. So usually when we think of postpartum depression for a woman, We think, you know, she's crying, she's not bonding with her baby, she wants to be isolated, which we know it can look different for everybody, but it can also look different for her husband or boyfriend or partner, whereas he may mentally check out, or he may not be present, um, or he may be distracted in other things and just not take part or be helpful um, and can feel like a loss of freedom or wanting to like clench on to something or be anxious. Um, or worry, having racing thoughts, lack of sleep, um, all of those things. Did you ever experience with either child any of those symptoms of just, you know, fear or loss of self? Yeah, uh, I think definitely the whole loss of self, um, being detached at times, I definitely wholeheartedly felt that. Um, I think I, I got so wrapped up and you know being that family man that it was my identity and i was losing who i was you know uh not really making any time for myself um you know i i I think i you know i I battled depression you know here and there um and then not even necessarily realizing like that's what depression was Mm -hmm. because stereotypically we think oh well depression is i'm sad i'm unmotivated no a lot of times it's you know you know, sometimes being angry, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes being very short mm-hmm. with the people that you love, being, you know, easily annoyed. Yep. Um, and so, you know, there's times that, you know, I, I felt those things and unbeknownst to me, not realizing like, oh, no, dude, this is depression. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get let's get some help. Um, and then, you know, my, my, my wife, she recognized it as well, too. And like, you know, talk to me, talk to me about it. So, um I think what's most important is just to kind of recognize these symptoms, um, being able to allow yourself to feel these feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's most important, you know, especially as black men, we we internalize a lot of things and we, and we suppress them, um, you know, and 
sometimes it's our own fault. Sometimes it's uh, the pressures of society, you know, that kind of makes us feel these ways. And, you know, a lot of times, like, I didn't talk to anybody about how I was feeling. Um, I didn't, I didn't, even my wife, you know, sometimes I didn't share exactly how I was feeling. And so, you know, you have the the pressures of just kind of um, raising a family, you know, um, being in this world as a human with black skin. Mm. Uh, you, have, you have the pressures of your job um, and everything that entails. Like I, I can uh, give a whole master class mm-hmm. about being a black man in corporate America, but that's, that's for another time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's stress and there's pressure there. And so like all that combined, um, you know, sometimes you, that you, you take it out on the people that you love the most, you know, unfortunately. And so, you know, once you, I think once you recognize that, I think it's either time to kind of self-reflect, um, give yourself, um, create like, um, what I like to do is uh, self-care routines. Um, you know, I said earlier, I'm a nerd. So whether that's like reading comic books, playing video games, whatever, you know, kind of communicate with my wife, say, hey, look, I'm just not feeling feeling my, my best, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Can you just kind of take the kids and give me like stay an hour? Mm. You know, those, those, that goes a long way. That's a good one. That's good. What advice would you give? Um, just because I think communication is also, I mean, I think it's levels. So it takes for a father um, to be able to identify that he's struggling um, with loss of self or anger, depression, anxiety, whatever the case may be, being able to call it for what it is, and then to be able to communicate all of that to their partner. And we're looking at the partner, the mother, she's dealing with her own adjustment, you know, I'm sure she's irritable and can have her loss of self. Um, and even sometimes, and depending on the dynamics of the relationship, even some resentment because of whatever task she has to do on top of a career. And then the both of you are living in this household, just trying to survive, raise these kids, pay these bills and be great. Um, how does that communication take place? Because you're saying like, I want self-care and I know the other person is like, well, I want self-care too. You know, (laughs) I want my own time too. How, how can both get what they need so they can be the best versions of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes a level of uh, vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the man. Like I said, you know, as, as, as black men, we sometimes can internalize some things. Um, so I think at first it just takes a little bit of vulnerability to kind of say, Hey, these are some of my needs. And then, you know, having open and honest communication with each other, not, um, and I guess the, the, the one of the things that the term I'm looking for is not trying to one up each other, mm. you know, like saying, Take hey, well, yeah, this is happening to me as well, too. Mm-hmm. And your your problems aren't bigger than my problems. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we need to we need to take take that away out of completely out of the conversation yes. and, and really just listen as well, too. Um, I think that's one thing that I've really kind of grown in is being able to just purely just listen and listen for comprehension and not for myself to have some type of rebuttal Mm -hmm. from, from, from that conversation. So I I think it, you know, like I said, you know, it's a level of vulnerability um, and just having an understanding. Um, 
I think my wife and I, we're, we're in a great place where, you know, <clears throat> the, we, um, as far as like tasks around the home and around the household and things like that, um, they're not necessarily like gendered in our house. There's a couple yeah. of things like, She's never going to take out the trash. That's, <laughs> that's just one thing that's not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, I, I help out with dishes. Uh, used to bathe both of the kids. The oldest, she can do all that mm-hmm. her, on mm-hmm. her own. Um, you know, I, I wash clothes. Uh, we both clean. So I think those those are some things is like talk, talking about those things because sometimes those things bring undue pressure oh, and anxiety. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, you know, you go to anybody who has children, especially young children, their home is not going to be 100 percent clean Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, And so, you know, there's just some things that you're just going to have to put to the put to the side, you know. But I think if you have a really, truly committed partner that cares about your well-being as much as you care about um, as much as you cares about theirs, Mm -hmm. you know, you can kind of talk about those things Um, because there's some times where. My wife is absolutely tired. She's had an extremely long day. And, you know, it's it's just going to be on me. Yeah. And there's there's been some days this, it's been the opposite. Right. Uh, just recently, like I said, you know, I, I'm in a tech business. I'm in a tech business. We had um, a, some soft, some new software deploy mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago. Uh, and I was essentially up from 9 p.m. on a Thursday to about 9, 10 p.m. on a Friday. Oh, with my only two hours. Of, only two hours of sleep. So um, I'm here troubleshooting, you know, making sure the deployment goes right, all these different things. Uh, I text her probably about 3.45 in the morning, like I'm in the midst of, of everything that's going on. I was like, look, you're going to have to take the kids to school. Uh, you're going to have, uh, can you like cook them breakfast? Because usually that's what I kind of do. I get up, I, I cook the kids breakfast, I take them to school, and I'm like, yeah. Babe, you got to take one for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I know that sounds that that's that's an extreme example, but you know, those are some things that as as parents, as a couple's you know partners, we have to talk about. Right, I agree. Now, you also bring up another great topic. So, I would consider you as a very progressive father, partner, man. Um, as far as like. And you correct me if I'm wrong, just how I've I've perceived you as you not sticking to gender roles. Um, right. But I do know that there are a lot of black men, especially with us living in the South, that have this perception of, well, the woman is supposed to, you know, take care of the children and she's supposed to take care of the house. And most of those things are kind of like her task. And they do right. taking care of things outside of the home or like handyman stuff. And they kind of are in and out where needed with raising the child or whatnot. Um, but we live in 2021 now and things are different and women work and have careers and make more money or equal as to their partners. So expectations can be different. And sometimes when I work with couples as they're preparing for parenthood, I'll tell them to communicate what their expectations are. Cause sometimes like we can think we're on the same page as far as like, how we want to raise children until we have the children. And then we're like, oh, that's what you thought? Well, I thought it was going to be like this. Um, What is your advice to fathers um, who may have that resistance or that expectations that the woman is supposed to do everything? Um, Or maybe even have that language of, 
um, well, I'll help you with the children um, versus them um, helping the child versus helping the mother. You know what I'm saying? Or you know how some people will say, um, well, let me ask my husband if he'll watch the kids. When in reality, they're raising (laughs) their children. You know what I mean? They're not babysitting their children. Um, what, what are, what are your thoughts? What is your advice on, on that? Yeah, I think at at some point us as men have to do what's best for our households and not particularly what we feel is best for an image. Mm. And I think it's, it's the image part that we, a lot of times get so hung up on that we feel our masculinity is tied into some of the tasks that we do. And it's absolutely not mm. um, whatsoever. Um, and, and, I, and I just think about it like this, just from a sense of, you know, us just kind of really being as equal as par- as possible. Like my wife works, I work. Mm-hmm. I can't expect her to, you know, as soon as she gets home, cook us a dinner. Mm-hmm. And if I get home prior to her, and my hands and my feet work just as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to think about it from, from that aspect. But um, also, too, you know, what? this is just my own household. We really, like, look at um, who's, who's best fit for that particular task. Uh, my wife cooks way better than me. I mean, I can cook. I can, I can do something in the kitchen. You know, like I said, I, I cook breakfast for, for everyone every morning. Uh, and usually, I, like now that I work full time remotely, I, it's, it's lunch and dinner as well oh. too. Since, <laughs> since I'm home, <laughs> but no, but it's you know seriously, it's like who's 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 best equipped for for certain tasks. And there's just some things that she's better at it than uh, than I am. I'm better than it than she is, and we don't necessarily think about it from a sense of well, traditionally, do men, are men supposed to do this? Mm. You know, are women supposed to do this? So I think that's just like my really, my, my bit of advice is, you know, do what's best for your own household, not necessarily what's best for society yeah. and image. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, like in everything that you all do, take each other into account, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, that's the most important thing. Um, and, you know, so, like you said, society's changed on a lot. Women are, are in the workforce a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting down to where more and more people are doing uh, what are considered high skill jobs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're seeing less of like a blue collar type work and more into the professional settings. So, I mean, if that's the case, like we're using our minds mm-hmm. a lot more now than we're actually using our physical bodies when it comes to work. If that's the case, I mean, I just feel like anybody can kind of jump in, you know, within a household and and and, and do some things. Like I, I've never considered like the term watching my kids. Like no, I'm right. just I'm, I'm with my children. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. that's that's always been weird to me. So, yeah, it but is weird. you know, like you said, like I, I guess I'm a little bit more progressive than some. Right. Um, the other question I have. So we're also in the age of social media. And there's a lot of platforms, I feel like, um, where it's, when we're talking about black culture, um, where there's this uh, expert, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, um, where they're talking about, um, let's just say Kevin Samuels. So there's platforms like Kevin Samuels, 
and mm-hmm. it's how black men can find high quality women or how black women need to step it up so they can be well matched for this black man that they're looking for and with those conversations i feel like it can be uh degrading to black women but there's so many on how black women can be like this how black women can be like this so they can get a man and be married and blah 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 but i don't feel like there's enough platforms on parenthood fatherhood for the black community or like how our conversation is on um how to figure out the roles of the household how to communicate how to not have loss of self so because there aren't always married couples sometimes it's co-parenting situations and it's how to be able to have an adequate co-parent situation and i don't see like highlights of that at all or even like coaching on fathers to be advocates in the hospital when you know mothers are giving birth or how to help with the postpartum period um or you know support for black fathers as they're trying to figure it out why do you think that is oh that's a good question um (laughs) yeah I, i i don't know um i mean i think there's there's a lot of like gendered conversations and content that happens on social media Mm -hmm. um and to your point there's there's not enough especially for for black men um i'm not sure um i think a lot of times and maybe this is just me it's what really like pushes the needle on social media is uh sensationalism Mm, and it's just it's just it's not that when it comes to black men and, and and black fatherhood um, it's almost kind of like, uh, oh, well, because, you know, sometimes like sometimes we don't even really care mm-hmm. <laughs> as as black men to kind of even push some of that media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has at least for me, I think some of that stuff has to just be organic. Um, and I say organic in the, in the sense that um, it starts with just a group of guys. Um, so, for instance, uh, I have. Uh, this group chat with uh, a lot of friends and you know some associates it's called uh the dad gang mm. and you know in it we it's, it's it's not as active as i would like it to be but you know it's one of those things where we just go in and we we check in it we check in on each other like you know how are y'all doing how are you doing mentally mm. uh, if you have a question you know concerning like hey <clears throat> one of my kids um had this type of homework or, you know, to your point, like, how do I advocate for my wife, yeah. you know, in the delivery room? Just different things like that. Um, I love it. And then, like, you know, we, we, we share stories, you know, and sometimes those stories aren't always positive. It's kind of like, hey, y'all, <clears throat> I just want to be vulnerable. I think I did this today as a dad. And, you know, kind of have been that level of uh, relatability mm-hmm. with other Black fathers and, you know, just a, a group of guys to let you know, like, hey, it's okay. You know, you're, 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 you're not going to be perfect. So, yeah, I mean, I guess to kind of go back to answering your question, I, I don't know why it is. Like like I said, like, I think it's just uh, the, the type of media that that really gets pushed out there, a lot of times, unfortunately, is negative. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's, unfortunately, it's like critiquing black women. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, black women are 
probably some of the most heavily critiqued people on social media, um, in my in my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, black men we we get it as well too, but I think as far as like um, black black women kind of get it in, in a lot of different ways because it goes down to you know physicality, looks, mm-hmm. beauty, um, how black women are carry themselves. How black women, uh, <clears throat> how black women can be better mothers, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. And I hope nobody, nobody's listening, who's listening, is kind of saying, "Oh well, he's just caping for black women." Mm-hmm. No, that's not it. Like I'm <laughs> le- legitimately like being unbiased in this, and it's mm-hmm. like that's just what it seems in, in my perspective. Right, right. I agree because I I think that um, for an example, it was about two or three years ago we went to. One of my husband's um, friend's son's baseball game that lives like in our community. And it was like on a Friday and um, it was so many black fathers out there like that were coaching, um, that were in the stands rooting on their kids, that were volunteering, cooking out. It was more black men out there for the softball games than it were was black women. And it was so refreshing and so nice to see. But you know how like you just constantly hear the propaganda or the rhetoric like on social media or, or on television or in the news of black fathers not participating or black fathers, you know, locked up or, or whatnot. But then when you see it in the reality where it's so much different and you would wish that you could see more positive images or you would hear it so it could be so much more motivational. But I, I think you're right. Like, most of the time people want to put out the negative because people will grab onto it more so than the positive, unfortunately. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's definitely true. And I, and I just think at, at some point we're just going to have to change the narrative mm-hmm. that initiative. I would, would plug uh, one uh, social media profile that I really like. Uh, it's called um, the black man can. That one's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just essentially, you know, about just positive images of black men, black fatherhood. That's really great. Um, another one, uh, it's it's not black owned, but it, it's pretty good. It's called The Dad. Okay. Uh, and that one is uh, one of my favorite social media profiles. It's essentially like just a lot of relatable, relatable like memes and different things just uh, on fatherhood in general. Okay, that's good. Now, how would you say fatherhood has changed you from who you were when you were just a, a young whippersnapper to who you are today? How have your children changed you? Yeah, I think my children um, have changed me in the sense where I'm just, I am a lot less selfish and you know, just really not thinking about myself in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and then kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, it kind of went too much into the extreme where it's like, I wasn't thinking about myself at all. Um, but yeah, like I am a, a lot um, in a ways just thinking about other people. Uh, yeah. My family, especially, um, but just like not necessarily putting others in, 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 in front of myself, mm-hmm. but like living with a lot more empathy. Now, I think that's what's changed me um, as well as being a lot more vulnerable with my feelings, with my emotions. I think my kids have changed me in a sense where like, I can just really truly be my whole self, Mm. you know, especially around them, around my wife. There's no hiding where like, look, I'm sad. 
mm. and, I, and I'm and I'm just sad, or you know, I'm I'm happy. What whatever whatever those motions are, um, and then it's really kind of helped out as well too, like with my relationships with my friends as well. Um, there's one of one of my one of my best friends, uh, Jan. He always says this that like, man, we're getting a lot more sensitive as we age. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that's it's probably dead, and it's probably like our kids as well too. You know, kids just really just soften you up as as a father. Mm, that's such a good point. That's a good point. Um, last question for anyone who is a new father, um, in our beginning their fatherhood journey. What is one piece of advice that you would give them? Oh, live in the moment. Mm live in the moment because uh they grow up so fast so so fast and um that's that's just one thing with the one uh, bit of advice that i can give is cherish just cherish each moment that you have with your children because uh, you're gonna wake up and they're gonna be five and then you're gonna wake up and they're gonna be 13. you're gonna wake up and they're gonna be in college um and it happens so 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 fast mm. we have so many things that are going on in our world that just tries to take our attention mm, so uh, whether true. it's like social media like you said it's our jobs our careers everything else all these different things are vying for our attention yeah. and sometimes we just have to shut those things down and just focus on our children um but yeah there's just it's so many moments that you know you, you want to capture uh, and not necessarily like, you know, what I'm saying is like on video or camera, just yeah. mentally, like, right. you know, just it's it's amazing. Um, one of the things that I, I love to do is kind of like either scroll through my phone or um, in the cloud where we keep a lot of our videos and pictures of our children. And it's like, oh, I remember that. Mm. And oh, I remember when she said this, she did that or, or he did that. Uh, that's great. Um, but, you know. What's most important is really being there to, to, to capture those moments. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shadu. Thanks for being on the show. Such an enlightening conversation. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was, this was amazing.